Faith Promise, how are we doing this weekend? Woo! I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So put your seatbelts on, get ready, because God has a message for us this weekend. Thank you guys so much for joining us for the second weekend of I Am Faith Promise. Before we dive in the Word, let me ask you to do me a favor to all of our campuses. If you serve in any area of ministry at Faith Promise Church at any of our campuses, groups, anything that we do, would you just stand right now? If you serve it out, go ahead and take a stand. Come on. Let's go. Let's just give these guys a hand. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Amen. We could not do what we do without our volunteers. Where there's no way we could pull off a service, we don't have enough staff, we don't have enough. And so we're just incredibly grateful for people who have answered the call of God, who have learned their spiritual gifts, and who are serving the Lord through his church, which is the will of God, revealed will of God for every Christ follower. Do y'all believe that? Yeah. All right, 12 of you, do y'all believe that? Yeah. All right. So last week, we began this journey of I Am Faith Promise by looking at our number one value, which is we put God first, right? Now, I began thinking about that, and, and there's a problem with that. We don't actually put God first. God is first. See, whether you like it or not, whether you believe in him or not, whether you serve him or not, whether you disagree, God's first in the universe. So we don't actually put him first. He is first. What we do is we acknowledge in our hearts, he's Lord. In our church, he's Lord. And so what, and so what do we do? We, when we put him first, we become a community of Christ followers and if you're a part of this congregation, if you're an attender, if you're a promiser, then let me tell you the will of God for us is this community is that we help real people with real problems find the real love of God. Does that make sense? And when we put God first, man, everything else falls into place. You're serving your life, your family, putting God first. See, once we put God first, if you're listening, say I am. Once you put God first, something begins to happen inside of you. An urgency begins to swell within your soul. And part of that swelling of the Holy Spirit is for us to accomplish the second half of the great commandment. The first half is love God. The second half is love your neighbor as yourself. That's what God wants all of us to do if you, if you name the name of Jesus. So the question is, how do we love others? Are we loving others? Are we loving others well? So what we have been praying for and believing for you, the will of God for us is that hundreds of you would respond this weekend to the call of God on your life to serve him through his church. So no matter where you are with us this weekend or actually when you're with us, you could be at the beach on vacation and it's Tuesday night. You've just got back from the hog trough, all you can eat, seafood. And you've laying there on the, in the condo. We're glad that you're with us. Welcome uh, online, all of our campuses. And I want to thank you guys for putting God first in your schedule, that I am going to be committed to the house of God. Why? Because I'm committed to the God of the house. Now, at the end of this, series, this uh, message, I'm going to introduce you to a couple of Scots who are part of our spiritual family who are about to go to the mission field, and we're going to pray for them. But before we do, we're going to dive in the Word of God. Father... Would you open our minds today? God, even every service is, has been 
like what I just saw, where the vast majority of the people did not stand because they're not serving. And God, we know what your will is. And so, Father, this weekend, would you bring a great revelation and a great impartation that we would, in fact, obey you? Because, Jesus, you said if we love you, we'd obey you. So, God, help us do that, Father. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? So we just don't want to feel useful. We want to be useful. We want to know that what we do is making a difference. It's making a difference in our family, in our church. It's making a difference in our community and in our world. We really want to be the real love of God. We really do want to engage real people with real problems. But how do we do that? So across our nine campuses, many folks are saying, I'm not, I'm not sure how to do that. I'm not sure where to do that. Some of you know your gifting and you using your gifting. Some of you, sadly, don't believe that you have a gift. And I'm learning a new psychological term, learned helplessness. It's why people fail. In an incredible book Henry Cloud wrote, Christian psychologist and counselor, he, he said that people have learned hopelessness and so they believe lies. And can I tell you, there are people in here that don't believe you have a spiritual gift so you don't believe you can serve. That's called learned helplessness because the Bible says that you have a gift. The Bible says every believer has a special spiritual gift. So let me ask you a question. If the Bible says you have a gift and you say you do not have a gift, who's right? We still believe the Bible. Are you serious? Ooh, oh, then you're in for it. Come on, baby. We still believe, we still believe the Bible. Come on. And so what's the deal? This weekend, we want to set you free to serve. In the name of Jesus, at least 400 people are going to sign up and show up to serve that are, that are currently not serving because we're getting ready for revival, and God is calling you to serve in his body. Now, many of us want to know our purpose. We just don't know it yet. So we go to schools or college or seminars. We go to exposés. We watch documentaries. We Google. We try to figure out, what's my purpose? It begins by exalting God to first place in your life. And man, life is better when God is in first place in your life. And then you ask God, help me understand my calling, my purpose, and my gifting. And when we begin to understand our gifting, we begin to lift others up. Does that make sense? So if you've got a copy of the Word of God, turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. Now, if you're new to church and you've not used your Bible much, we're thrilled that you're here. Go to the far right side of the Bible. If you hit Revelation, you've gone too far. If you go back left to Hebrews, you've gone too far. Right in there were 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, 1st and 2nd Peter and, and Judas, right there till the end of the book. Peter, one of the original disciples of Jesus, the one who we joke about, St. Peter at the gate, that's the one who wrote this book. And so he's writing to a group of Christians, or to all Christians, he's writing into a day when it's very difficult to serve God because they're killing people for serving God. Killing people. We can't get people to serve and there's no cost. They're killing people for serving God. Did y'all get that? And so we're going to see what Peter has to say to us about serving. Because when we serve others, we lift others up. So our first value is we put God. Our second value is we serve others. It's what we do. Now, last weekend, man, we, again, we started this. Again, this weekend now, it's identifying our calling and begin to use our gifts. So every promiser, every promiser has a gift, 
And we wanna work together to help pull, pick real people with real problems out of real love. Now this is one of the greatest inventions of all time. It's incredible. It's called a pulley. And a pulley helps you lift more than you're able to lift. A pulley, it generates force that you can lift more. And, and, and when we're all pulling together, we are a force against hell and for heaven. Would y'all agree with that? Yeah. And so, but this is a, a pulley. And in my simple mind, I wonder, what in the world, the dude that invented this, what was he doing sitting on the couch thinking, huh, if I put a rope three or four times through a pulley, I can pick up 500 pounds. I, my mind doesn't work that way. I'm actually not sure why that little machine works, but what I know is it works. He said, okay, patch it to pulley. What's the big deal? Well, it really is a big deal. If you drove to one of our campuses this weekend, your engine has a pulley. If you worked out this weekend or this last week, the machines had a pulley. If you've ever been in an elevator, the elevator has a pulley. For 3,500 years minimum, this pulley has been around, not this exact pulley, but pulleys have been around being used to build things. It's incredible. Now, this, the pulley is a simple little invention, but yet it knows its purpose. Its purpose is for lifting, to create more force, to lift something that you couldn't lift on your own. So promiser, how about you? Do you know your purpose as called from God? Because like a pulley, God has made us, we were born again to lift people up. Does that make, does that make sense? So the church is a simple machine for lifting people up and into God's grace and God's forgiveness. Out of sin, out of shame, into the glory of God, and we do that together. So one of the faith promise values is this. We serve, and when we serve others, we are lifting people up. Does that make sense? So let's look at what Peter says to a generation that it was very difficult to lift Peter up in 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, above what? All, keep fervent, F-E-R, I don't know why I wanna put two R's in that word, servant, fervent, keep fervent in your love one for another because love covers a multitude of sins. Now we could theologically debate what Peter means by love covers a multitude of sins. What we cannot theologically or biblically debate is that it is God's will for every saint to serve. And would y'all agree with that? Every Christ follower. So it says above all, keep fervent. The word fervent means not slacking. Well, that's where we get the word slacker, slacker. A slacking love is a lacking love. Now, if there's slack in my pulley, can I pick anything up? And this is where people are that are not fervent. They are slack. Are you with me? You can't pick jack up when you got slack. We got to get fervent. We got to get tight. We got to get pulling. We got to get lifting together. And when we do it together, it's incredible what we can do. It doesn't matter what part you play. It doesn't matter how big or small that your role may be. It's God's design. He wants to put you in the body just like he chose and lifting real people up out of real problems. Does that make sense? Every part of the body is important. The ear cannot say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not important. The hand cannot say, because I'm not a nose, I'm not important. So we're in your parking lot greeting 
working, changing poo-poo diapers, or you're working on Wednesday with students or production, wherever you serve, we're all what? Pulling and lifting. That's what God wants us to do. But you see, if, so if you're, if you're the church, you're really not as interested as you used to be, or it seems boring, or you don't feel apart, guess what? Serving picks up the slack. The people that I know that'll be here this weekend are those that are committed to serve because they are staying fervent. They are tight. They are pulling, being used by God. And when you are doing in the ministry, being used by God, it makes you stay more connected to God, more dependent upon God because you need God's power to do the ministry. So you're a greeter at the front door and a family walks by you that this may be the last time they come to church before they get divorced. It could be the last time somebody walks in that's thinking about an affair or adultery. It could be a time that a kid is in our kids' ministry that has been abused or not experiencing any love. There could be a Wednesday night where a student is thinking about suicide and this is the last hope. When we're serving God, we need the power of God. Are y'all with me? Come on. I had a pastor friend of mine tell me one time, Chris, if you and I weren't preachers, we'd be as carnal as any church member. But because we preach several times a week, we're dependent on God that keeps us closer. Does that make sense? Man, it changes your prayer life. So keep fervent. He goes on in verse nine. Be hospitable one to another without what? Complaining. Now, this is really not for us. Because no promiser would ever complain. Be hospitable, which means uh, uh, if you have the gift of hospitality, you're serving others. Do it without complaint. What I used to think when a promiser was whining and complaining about a place that they were serving, I thought it meant they didn't want to do it anymore. So if somebody's complaining, I'd walk up and around them and say, hey, we're going to help find you another place to serve, and I'm going to replace you in your role. Why? Don't, don't take the, well, you, all you do is whine and gripe about it. Yeah, but I really want to do it. Well, then stop complaining. Are you with me? Yeah. Man, have you ever been to the Walmart? <laughs> I had to go the other day. It's horrible. So you go to the Walmart, you get a cart. Are you with me? And you're running because you're in a hurry. I don't know about you, but if I'm in the Walmart, I'm in a hurry. I walked in the Walmart. I've been working all day, literally. I had paint-covered clothes. I had my hat pulled down. Just wet. hopefully a promiser would not stop me. But, <laughs> but you're going through the Walmart, and all of a sudden, your cart begins to squeak. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah. I hate that. I hate that. So what I do is I abandon the cart. Now I'm a long way away from the carts. So I'm cart hunting. So if you ever leave your car to go around the corner, I'm a cart thief. I'm stealing your cart. I'll get that baby and I'll, are you with me? What I should do is take that and leave it and get the good cart. That's what you sound like when you serve in wine. See, complaining is an onomatopoeia. It's a word that sounds like what it is. Are y'all with me? It's like murmuring God's goose moss. That's what it's an onomatopoeia. So listen, serving is, the, is elbow grease. It's WD-40 for your soul. Are you? Serve what it have love. Don't complain about it. Now, a lot of ways we get jacked up in serving and messed up. We tried it, it doesn't work. It, it's like having all the wire, all the, these ropes tangled up. If they're tangled up, you can't pull anything. The pulley now is no longer useful. 
Let me tell you how our wires all get jumbled. When we confuse our natural abilities with our spiritual gifts. Because natural ability you were born with, spiritual gift you, were, you received at salvation. So let's see what else Peter has to say about serving in verse 10. As each one has received a special gift, a charisma toss. Does that word sound familiar? Charisma toss. The word we get charismatic from, which means grace gift. It is a gift that you didn't do anything for. It was unmerited favor when you were saved. God deposited a gift in you. He does. It's so all the way through the Bible. As we've all received a spiritual or special gift employed in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Have we all received a gift? Then we all employ it by serving one another as a good steward of the gift that I'm given. But when you are not serving, not using your gift, you are a bad steward, a poor steward, and you'll be held accountable when you stand before the bema seat of judgment because you did not use what God gave you for his body. Now, if I'm not serving right now, my my antenna is going to be up because I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Can I tell you, if you're not serving in the body of God, you never serve in the body of God, you are not going to hear well done because you are not a good steward of of the gifts that God has given you. Does that, make, does that make sense? Now, a talent is different than a gift. A talent is, is, again, what you were born with. A gift is what every believer gets. This is why serving God's way is so important. When we serve people God's way, we don't get stuck in a bind and quit serving. But when we serve in our own power, our own strength, just our natural abilities, guess what? We get stuck. We get tangled. We get all jacked up and collywobbered. Now, let me ask you a question. How many have ever heard the word collywobbered? Okay, there's hands up. You young adults, I'm not making words up. <laughs> collywobbered, you're all jacked up. Are you with me? All messed up. We're gonna, do a, we're, gonna, we're gonna do a whole month on the fear of failure in a couple months. But some of you have tried to serve. Didn't work out well. You tried somewhere else or here, it didn't work out well. See, when you're serving in your gifting, it's not about being burned out, it's about being built up. There are a lot of times I come to church, don't feel good, I'm tired, not in the greatest of frames of mind. But then as I go through worship, and then I begin to teach the word of God, see that, man, I get energized. Because where God, where God gives you gifting, when you serve it there, you get energized. It doesn't suck your life, it gives you life. Are you with me? Yeah. Man, that impartation and revelation brings about an energy, energy. And, and I, so I feel better when I leave than I, than I do when I came to church. Does that make sense? Yeah. See, but if you're confusing your natural talent with a spiritual gift, see, and you're just trying to pull and lift on your own about what's the natural. See, you, we think, well, I want to serve in my timing when I'm available, when I want to do, when I'm available for lifting. That's not what a pulley does. A pulley doesn't pick and choose what and when and where and why to lift. It just lifts. So a gifting of God is different. See, a talent is used for your honor, your glory. Matter of fact, talents are what incredible careers are made out of. When you know how you're wired up and you work in that, it makes a great career. Using your gifting is what great ministry is made of. And see, great churches are not built on the giftings of a few, but on the gifting of the many who are using their gifts. Now, about 20 to 25% of people are serving what if 50% of all of our tenders served in the body of faith promise? 
You know what? We'd rock past 10,000 by 2020. The word I gave us eight years ago, the word God wanted us. And if we do not get there, it is not because God didn't want us to get there. See, I, as the senior pastor, I set the vision. You don't get to set the vision, but you determine the speed of the vision. By two things, how faithfully you give and how faithfully you serve. We have 400 more people this week say, I'm going to serve the body of God. We're going to be closer to being prepared for the revival that God is sending. Are you with me? So a calling brings honor to God. Let's look, let's look at verse 11. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who's speaking the utterance of God. That's what I'm doing this morning. Whoever serves is to do so as who is serving by the strength that who supplies? God supplies. See, the reason serving is hard for so many is because you try to serve in your own strength, not the power of God. So your expectations aren't met because you try to do it in your own. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We put God first, we get filled with God, we serve God in God's power and ability. Then he gets to use us who, when, where, and how he chooses. I see the church as a toolbox. Every one of us that are born again in the church of God are tools for God. And whenever God opens a drawer and wants to use, we ought to be ready, willing, and able to be, to be part of God's pulley. Is that right? Come on, that's what God wants to do. But because about 75% of us are not serving, we are limited in the scope and the speed of the souls that we can reach and the lives that can be changed. Why? Because 75% of our tools are rusted and they don't operate. Now, if that doesn't bother you, there's something wrong. You're so focused on yourself that you don't care that there's a world going to hell. No amens, no hallelujahs, no glory to God. Come on, somebody, my mercy. Are y'all with me? Do we want to be, do we want to be an incredible church? Do we really want to make it hard to go to hell? Then what if 100% of all attenders had their hands on the pulley? Holy moly, what ministry could happen. See, when we serve, when we serve God's way, it never leads to burnout. And so we've got to get what Peter's trying to communicate with us because he knows. Maybe you're, you're experiencing the ministry past or even today's the friction of your soul. It doesn't mean it's time to stop doing ministry. It means it's either getting your gifting or quit doing it your way. Because here's the truth. When we serve others God's way, God does the heavy lifting. See, we don't pick people about a sin we can't pick people up and make them be saved. We can't pick people up out of addiction or their families falling apart. We can't pick people up. Man, the simple machinery of the church is to be ready, willing, able to pull and lift when God says so. Does that make sense? Now, because I have a double hernia, by the way, I'm having surgery this coming Thursday. Would y'all pray for your pastor? Come on, I'm having surgery this week. I could not lift this up on my own. Matter of fact, I can't make people be saved this week. I can't make people walk in the power of the Spirit. I can't make one person serve. I'm not trying to guilt you into anything. But I'm telling you, without, the, without God's power, see, God does the heavy lifting. And when all the promisers' hands are on a pulley, we can lift what we in the natural cannot lift. We can pick people up out of sin. We can pick people up out of shame. Man, we can pick people up into the power of God. People can be set free, lost, families restored. Come on, when man, we are used by God together, 
man, we can do more. Y'all know what I'm talking about? See, some of y'all worrying I'm on a third hernia, aren't you? No, I'm good. They made sure Michelle can lift it. They said, if Michelle can lift it, maybe the pastor can get it. <laughs> this is what we are together. We lift people into freedom, into ministry, into passion, into joy. And when, we, when it, God does it in them, God does it through you. I believe God's math is those that served are blessed more than those that get served. I give more of the sermon every week than anybody else. Why? Because I've, I've incubated. I've prayed over it. I've looked at my life. I've, I've picked this message up and say, am I serving? Am I doing? Come on. It's what we do together. Let's go, let's go back to Peter and think about what Peter wants to teach us. Now, before Peter wrote this book, a long time before he wrote 1 Peter, he was walking with Jesus. And it was Jesus' last day on a Thursday that Peter is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is about to be arrested and betrayed by Judas. Some of the disciples have already run. They've already ran. And Jesus is left. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew 26. I'm deep, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of what? Death. His worst day. Remain here with me and keep watch. Come on, guys. I need you right now. I need you right now. Man, I need you right now. And he went a little beyond them and he fell down on his face. And he prayed saying, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. If there's any other way for Chris Stevens to get saved, God, would you let there be another way? If there's any other way that promisers could get to heaven, then God, let this cup pass from me, but yet not as I will as you would see. The mark of the Savior was total surrender to the will of the Father. And this is what we're to do. Use me, God, here I am. However, whenever, whatever, whatever, God, you're the God. And he came to the disciples and found them what? Would you be bummed out? Yeah, I would too. And he said to Peter, so you men could not keep watching me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation for the spirit is, but the flesh is. That's why we gotta do ministry in the power of the spirit because it is the dunamis, the power, the ruach, the breath of God, but the flesh is weak. That's why we can't do it in our power, our way or our timing. We need the power of God. It is God's will that every single Christ follower serve others. You men at God behind bars, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to every camp, every campus, Campbell and Farragut and Blood and North, every single one. God wants us to be pulling together. Does that make sense? Man, this is not a spectator sport. This is a participator sport. This is every hand. 20, 10,000 promisers, 20,000 hands pulling and lifting. Are you with me? And the only way we can do that is have the same attitude that our Savior had. In Philippians 2, we're told, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality of God a thing to be grasped. He wasn't trying to climb the ladders. Jesus, who's greater, he that sits to be served or he that serves? but I'm among you as he that serves and I give my life a ransom for many. What an incredible model Jesus is. He did not, he wasn't a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men. And Jesus was about serving others, wasn't he? To give you three simple things, what you need to do if we're gonna lift you, if we're gonna, we're gonna first, you've gotta figure, you gotta find out your gift and your calling. If you say, I don't know what it is, take the communication card out of the seat back pocket in front of you, put your name, cell phone, email, and check the middle, and check that uh, next to the last circle. I'm interested in serving some, uh, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I need to attend next steps. 
Why? Because we're going to give you a spiritual gifts test, help you find a place to start ministry. So I don't know my gift, we're going to help you. Number two, actively use your gift. You see, I know what my gift is, but I'm not serving anywhere. You take the communication card, fill it out, and put the next to the last circle. I'm interested in volunteering. If you know where you'd like to start, put it. If not, we're going to help you. 400 people in Jesus' name are going to answer the call of God to find your gift and serve your gift and build the body of God. You cannot be satisfied and fulfilled on not serving. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Number three, stay focused. Keep serving. Man, listen, we give Peter a hard time because they fell asleep, don't we? Come on, don't lie. We've all dogged out Peter and Jimmy and John and the boys for sleeping in that midst. Let me ask you a question. They couldn't stay awake one hour. Can you serve one hour a week? Yes, you can. See, by putting God first, you begin to serve because that's what, so that's why we have almost all of our campuses have at least two services, why you can sit one like Mary and you can serve one like Martha. So you don't miss worship, don't miss the word. You serve before, after. We try to make it as conducive to your schedule as possible. It's incredible to be used by God. It's incredible. The people that give the most and love the most in this at, at, at Faith Promise are those, that are those that are committed to the vision. Why are they committed? Because they give and serve. And when God, we plant another campus, they're the most excited. When there's another baptism, they're the most excited. Why? Because they're the most vested and invested in the vision of helping real people with real problems get lifted up so they can get filled and rescued by the power of God. I don't know about y'all, man, but I'm willing to give my life for some of that. Come on. Let's fill the next two verses in Philippians. Jesus, being found in appearance as a man, humbled himself by becoming obedient at the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus humbled himself and God the Father exalted him. We want to exalt ourselves so other will be, if you will humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will, in fact, in, he will exalt you in due season. Are you with me? But if you are unwilling to humble yourself, your pride will ruin you if he exalted you. So he knows when to exalt you. So what's our job? Being a part of the pulley, using our gifts, serving our gifts. This makes sense? Following the master. If you're born again, Jesus is our model. Now, if you say, Pastor, I'd love to serve, man. My life is jacked up. I'd love to pull, but man, my, you know what my life is? My life is full of nothing but knots. I couldn't serve anybody else because my life is so messed up. Well, I got great news for you. Jesus still does the heavy lifting. Jesus. So if you don't have a relationship with God, he's about to open up the door for you. And if your life is messed up, man, we're here to help you. But if you're ready to take the next step of following Jesus and then receiving a gift, he's ready. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, pray this simple prayer with us. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. You died for me. You rose from the grave. I will follow you the rest of my life. I will love others. 
I will be a part of your plan. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, somebody give God some praise in the house. Woo! Man, if you just pray that prayer with me, take this, take your communication card, put check the first circle. I'm making a first-time decision to follow Jesus. And the second, I need to be baptized. Fill that out, put in the offering box. If you're a guest, the only part of the offering we ask that you take part in is just giving us your information. We're not gonna chase you down. We're not gonna stalk you. Just put in the offering box because actually we have an offering for our guests. When you leave at every campus, there's a gift box we wanna give to you, T-shirts, some other stuff. So put that in there. And as we get ready to prepare, see, what we put God where? We serve who? And we give generously is another one of our values. We just give generously. And I want to show you just part of what we get to do because you're generous. Generosity. I want to introduce you to the Scott family, Dustin and Katie and Abel. They're about to leave our shores and head to Scotland. Scotland, by the way, professing people that profess Jesus, 2.5% of that country profess to be believers. Now, Dustin grew up here. He's been here since day one when this church is founded. He's the son of the house. And he grew up in my house, great friends with my kids. And I couldn't be more proud of the man of God that he's grown up to be. He served on our staff. He left and went to college seminary, came back, re-entered our staff, served in our discipleship ministry, has given his life to follow the Lord, has, has, has been instrumental in seeing, actually, actually, my son Micah make a distinct turn when Micah got in Dustin's small group. And, man, I, and so I love these guys. While he was gone, he married Katie. She married into our family. And now they've got Abel. But they're leaving in several weeks. After this service, they'll be in the mission spot if you want to stop by and help them. That's their email and their website. And uh, they're, they're raising a little bit more support. We are committed as a church to support them. But if you want to be a part of something, stop and talk to them. But the Bible says in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit said, set apart Sil Silas and Paul for the work that I had. Barnabas and Paul, set them aside. So they're being set aside for a specific work for God. So if you're gonna pray for them, you're gonna love them, stretch your hand out as we pray for these guys. Father, we come in the name of Jesus and we pray for these guys, the supernatural anointing and empowerment and a bulldog determination in a very difficult place to do ministry. So God, give them power. Lord, be with Abel as he gets new toys and he finds new friends. Guys, pray you'll bless him. Bless this family, Father. They're just sold out. You are first in their life, God, in their lives. You know what they need. We ask God that you would bless them and use them. God, we're gonna go see them. We're gonna pray for them. We send them out as missionaries of Faith Promise Church. So proud of what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, come on, let's give them a hand. Adam, man. Because through generosity, we get to do things like that right there, man. What an incredible stewardship that we have of resources, of, of, of over God's resources. So as we get ready to give, again, put the communication cards. If you're not serving, put the card in. You say, I'm, I'm not even a, I'm not a Christ follower yet. That's all right. You can be a greeter. You don't even have to know Jesus. You say, are you kidding me I could serve? When Jesus stopped a woman at the well, he said, do you mind getting me a drink? He asked her to serve him before he saved her. Are y'all with me? So that you work in the parking lot. Now you can't be a small group, can't be a group leader and be lost. You really need to be saved and have, a, you know, where you do that. So there's no reason not to serve. 
So fill the card out and drop in the offering. God, would you bless this offering in a supernatural way? Would you move in glory, God? Would you bless those that are giving for the very first time today and those that have been given, like the Scots, the entire life of this congregation? So Father, we pray for a supernatural blessing, an impartation of your provision, but that God, you'll take these resources around the corner and around the world to make it hard to go to hell. Again, God, we ask that you send more families like the Scots into your harvest field. Bless us, we give and worship in Jesus' name. All God's people said, let's give a shout. Come on as we get ready to give.